Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Hi everyone, um, my name is Bree. Um, we're going to be hearing from God's Word now, um, but I'm going to be doing something a little different. Instead of reading from the Bible, I'm going to be reciting the passage for us tonight. Um, this year we've been uh, looking at some of the means of grace um, as a church, uh, ways that we can draw close to God, and one of the means of grace is through meditation, uh, like meditating and uh, on God's Word and having it in your heart. One way that I've done that is through memorization of not just verses, but whole passages and whole books. Um, so a few years ago, I memorized the book of Philippians, and tonight I'm going to be reciting uh, chapter 3 for us, or verses 1 to 11. So you can follow along in your Bibles or your series booklets, or you might like to just sit and listen as I recite the passage for us. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who who worship God by his Spirit, who glory in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh... I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my credit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that is by the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God and is on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and to participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, I think that was pretty special. You might want to say thanks to Bruce. You know, sometimes it's not the most uh, obvious things that have the most potential to cause harm. Think for a moment about poisons that are in your home. Uh, We tend to put them away somewhere, or maybe your parents put them away somewhere, where they're not going to harm you. You're not going to accidentally take a bottle of poison out of the fridge and have a drink of it without putting it in a glass or anything. You're not going to do that uh, because they've been put somewhere out of the way so that we can't accidentally consume them. Most of those poisonous uh, bottles say keep out of reach of children, again, so that we don't accidentally consume them. While they're really quite toxic, they're actually pretty safe in our home because we know the harm that they can cause and we act accordingly. But other things in our homes are very accessible and they can also cause great harm. 
Consider sugar and caffeine. In and of themselves, they're fine. But they can cause great harm if they become the centre of your diet. If sugar and caffeine become your staple, you're in line for some real danger. And the same is true when it comes to faith. We can pick the obvious harm if we've been following Jesus for a little while, the big things that are obviously wrong. For example, that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. We go, oh, hang on, that's not right. It's obvious to us. We can see that. We know how to avoid that. We know what to do if someone starts teaching that. But it's the things that are good, that have potential for harm, that can be the most dangerous. Good things like church attendance, like involvement in a community group, like spiritual maturity, like serving other people, like giving of our resources, our finances and other things. Those things and knowledge about who God is and about his scripture, those are all good things. But if they subtly or even overtly become the things that we count on for the Christian life, the things we count on for our salvation and our relationship with God, then we are in real danger. And in Philippians chapter 3, this passage that Bree just recited to us, Paul exposes the toxic nature of this very problem. He says when we count on these things for our salvation, he says we're counting on the flesh, on fragile and fallen humanity. We're counting on ourselves. But Paul doesn't just expose the problem and show us what it is. He also provides a very clear and very simple antidote. That antidote, count on Christ. Count on Christ. Not your character, as important as that is. Not your competency to serve, as valuable as they are. And not your convictions, as critical as they are. Paul says, count on Christ. And he makes the point right from the opening verse of chapter 3, in chapter 3 verse 1, where he says, rejoice in the Lord. Now that phrase might feel a bit like a cliche for some of us, but it wasn't a cliche for the Philippians. Paul is making a very real point to them. And the point that he is making is not simply about rejoicing, but about rejoicing in the Lord. That phrase is really important, in the Lord. It's a direct contrast to another phrase that Paul uses throughout this passage, which is the phrase, in the flesh. In the Lord is to count on Christ to not count on ourselves. And in this passage, Paul explains the why, the how, and the what of counting on Christ. So let's start with the why. Counting on Christ is an extension of living as worthy citizens. Remember that verse at the end of chapter 1? 
Chapter 1 verse 27 which calls us to live worthy lives, worthy of the gospel of Jesus, worthy citizens. Counting on Christ is an extension of that. But in particular here Paul shows how this is a safeguard for us. How counting on Christ prevents us from falling into error. It's kind of like the warning sign on the poison bottle that reminds us keep out of reach of children. When we count on Christ, we keep error out of reach. When we count on Christ, we ensure a healthy environment for us and for others to grow in. Paul's concern here for the people at Philippi is for those who may come and infiltrate the the Philippi church and encourage them to count on things other than counting on Christ. And Paul doesn't hold back in what he says about them. He basically says, beware the dogs. Beware the evildoers. Beware the mutilators of the flesh. It's confronting and abrasive language that Paul uses here. And we might even feel like Paul's being a bit rude, particularly in calling them dogs. Though the term dog may not have been as rude then as what it might be now. The term dog just referred to the nature of wild dogs as scavengers who would go about and enter into places where they were not wanted. But the scavenging, the evil and the mutilation of the flesh may not be instantly obvious to the church at Philippi. See, these people aren't infiltrating the church and starting to teach that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. They're not infiltrating the church and starting to teach people that it's okay to worship multiple gods. These people are infiltrating the church and they're saying lots of things like what Paul would say, but then they're also saying that you must be circumcised to be a true believer. They're counting on the flesh. Or more accurately, they're counting on the removal of a piece of flesh. That's their confidence. That's their message. They're urging the church to not only count on Christ, but to count on circumcision. Now it's important for you to understand, for us to understand that circumcision wasn't a bad thing in and of itself. It wasn't wrong to be circumcised. But these teachers are claiming that you need circumcision to experience salvation. See how it required a subtle change of allegiance? Away from counting on Christ to counting on something other than Christ. Danger was closer than the Philippians may have thought. Anytime we count on something other than Christ for our salvation, we are in the same danger. If we count on our baptism, or if we count on our church attendance, or if we count on our Christian character and morality, or if we count on our doctrinal convictions, or if we count 
on our personal view of whatever issue it is, if we count on any of those things for a right standing with God, our allegiance has changed. We no longer count on Christ and we're counting on the flesh. Now that doesn't mean that we can't discuss those issues and all sorts of other issues that come up that we might disagree on. But as we discuss them, we discuss them with a focus that means that we continue to count on Christ. And Paul makes this a bit clearer and more personal in verse 4 to 6. Because Paul says, if anyone could count on themselves, if anyone could have confidence in the flesh, well Paul says, that's me. I'm the one who could have confidence in the flesh. Look at what he says about himself. He was circumcised at the right time. He's of the right tribe, of the right people. And according to the law, he's faultless. Excuse me. I just want to mute the mic. It's much better that way for everyone. According to the law, he was faultless. Now, if you think back to our series on Leviticus, for those of you who were here, he's not saying he was sinless. He's saying he was faultless. That is, he kept the law. He was without fault according to the law. Different from saying that he might be sinless. Paul is not having a go at the Jewish religion. He's not anti-Jewish. He's a Jewish Christian. He's not saying that those things are worthless in and of themselves. He's simply saying that he doesn't count on his credentials. Rather, he counts on Christ. Well, how? How does he do that? What's the how of counting on Christ? We see this in verse 7 and 8. And Paul draws on an analogy from the business world. He reevaluates his asset sheet. And the assets that he's listed here were worth a lot in his world. It had taken Paul time and effort to achieve some of them. But in verse 7, Paul says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Christ is Paul's only asset. Everything else moves to the liability side. Why? Because those things don't help him know God. They don't help him know Christ. So how do we count on Christ? Paul talks about knowing the surpassing worth of Christ. And this is how we count on Christ. By recognising him for who he is. That his worth is surpassing all other things. Everything. Everything, Paul says, is lost for the sake of knowing Christ. Everything. His credentials are a loss. His convictions are a loss compared to knowing Christ. His character or his reputation is a loss compared to knowing Christ. And his cultural status is a loss compared to knowing Christ. Do we know 
the surpassing worth of Christ. Some of you have heard me talk about my grandsons before and when they come up here I like playing with them in the backyard at our place and sometimes when we're out in the backyard we dig for dinosaur bones. It is so much fun digging for dinosaur bones. And guess what? We found some. Like seriously, in our backyard we found some dinosaur bones. Like is that not exciting? No, because you know that we only found them in our imaginations, right? But imagine, imagine if we actually did find dinosaur bones in the backyard at the rectory. What a valuable patch of land that would suddenly be. Like the wardens would be going, Woo! Solved all our money problems. Fantastic. Jesus tells a story of a man who found a treasure, not dinosaur bones, but a treasure in a field. And as he tells his story, he says what what the man did is he hid the treasure, he went away, and he sold everything that he had so he could buy that field. The parable Jesus tells is of a man who goes away, uh, finds the treasure, hides it, goes away, sells everything he has to buy the field. It's not that the things that he sold were worthless, but he had found something of surpassing worth. And so he sold all that he had to make sure that that thing that was of surpassing worth was his. Paul counts on Christ because Christ is of surpassing worth. His death and resurrection has established the uh, the way to be right with God and it's established it in a way that far surpasses the old way and that far surpasses any other way of trying to know God. To count on Christ, Paul goes a step further and, and becomes quite bold in his language here because he says that what he does so that he can count on Christ is he calls all his prior gains garbage. But a more accurate term would be about animal excrement, dog poo. What he's saying is, these dogs, they're coming amongst you, but what they want for you is poo. So give it back to them. Paul knows that only Christ can make him right with God and anything else is not a gain at all but he's simply poo. Things he once counted on for his righteousness he now doesn't count on because a surpassing worth has appeared. Christ has appeared. A righteousness from God not from the flesh. Nothing, nothing is of more worth than Christ. Count on Christ by seeing him for who he is and keeping him elevated above all other things that all else might be counted as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. Do we count on Christ? Or do we subtly slip into counting on something else? 
counting on being good enough, counting on trying enough, counting on knowing enough, or counting on being around enough. You know, our, our good deeds and our knowledge and our involvement in Christian community, they are all wonderful things. But if we count on them for being right with God, you need to know that it's dog excrement. Be clear, it's crap. If you count on anything other than Christ for your salvation, for your righteousness, it's crap. And Paul's saying, consider it crap before the crap comes back and hits you. This is actually bad news. If we're counting on anything other than Christ, what you are counting on may not be bad in and of itself, but it is not enough. And it will never be enough. It cannot and will not make you right with God. It cannot and will not bring you true peace. And it cannot and will not give you lasting joy. If you count on anything other than Christ, what you are counting on is crap. Count on Christ. Counting on anything else is actually just a waste of time. It distracts us from what actually matters in life. And counting on anything else just wastes away our life. Stop it. Stop counting on anything other than Christ. He is worth more. He is worth it all. Perhaps you realise that you are counting on something other than Christ. Perhaps you're counting on your intellect or wisdom. Perhaps you're counting on your religious practice or perhaps you're counting on being a good person or coming along to church or whatever. God isn't interested in those things if you're counting on them for your salvation. They're crap. But here's the good news. God is interested in you. God is interested in you. And God is so interested in you that he has a righteousness that he wants to give to you, that he does give to you as you count on Christ and Christ alone. You don't have to try harder. You don't have to be gooder. You don't even have to have better grammar. You just have to count on Christ and the righteousness from God is yours. If you're here tonight and you know that you haven't been counting on Christ and you want the righteousness from him, you want to count on him, then talk to myself or talk to someone who you came with tonight or talk to one of the ministry team. But if you walk out of here counting on crap, you're just wasting time. 
and you're wasting a life. Count on Christ. Many of us here do count on Christ with our lives. And in verse 10 and 11, Paul reminds us of the what of counting on Christ. And basically he says that counting on Christ is to know God and God's power through suffering. Counting on Christ isn't rosy. It doesn't make all your problems go away. Counting on Christ is actually really tough because just as Jesus Christ walked through suffering, so the one who counts on Christ will walk through suffering. We've got to stop being surprised when as believers and followers of Christ we suffer. For Paul, who uh, we know was suffering at this point when he wrote, he knew that it was better to follow Christ in the way of the cross, including suffering, than to have anything else in all the world. Paul knew the truth of Jesus' own words, who said, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. Paul knew the truth of suffering as the way of the Christian, but he counted on Christ. And he knew the truth that by counting on Christ, there was a guarantee at the end of it all and that guarantee was that just as Christ rose from the dead after his suffering, so too Paul and any who count on Christ will experience resurrection at the end of suffering. And that sure and certain hope in resurrection enabled Paul to count on Christ no matter what. So for those of us who count on Christ, let me exhort you, don't give in to those who want you to count on the flesh. And we face this temptation day in, day out. Sometimes externally, sometimes internally, because we attempted to count on our own flesh. There is a payment for counting on the flesh. There is a reward, and it often comes really quickly, But I tell you, it's really short-lived. It doesn't last. Count on Christ. When hardship comes, don't count on anything other than Christ. When you bum out in your exams, don't count on anything other than Christ. When you rip your exams and get an amazing score, don't count on anything other than Christ. When a new job opportunity falls through. Don't count on anything other than Christ. When a relationship falls apart, don't count on anything other than Christ. When you want a relationship that's just not going to happen, don't count on anything other than Christ. When the new job's going, going fantastically, when the relationship's going fantastically, guess what? Don't count on anything other than Christ. Why? Because the surpassing worth of Christ means it's all worth it. Because Christ is worth it. Let's pray. 
Jesus, we thank you that you are worth it. And we thank you that you freely give to us a righteousness that's not our own, that comes from God. And so we're sorry when we count on the flesh in all the ways that we do that. And we ask again for your forgiveness for that and we thank you that you just urge us to keep counting on you. So strengthen us by your Holy Spirit that we might count on Christ, not just today, today, tomorrow, and every moment that you give us breath. May our lives count on you. For your glory we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.